Hello. Hello. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I was trying to play the intro music, but it wasn't working. So <laughs> that worked out fine. Um, all right. I'll do the intro. Hello. A uh, warm welcome to the Witches Party. This is episode four with hosts Amanda Fisher, Tantric Witch, and Ellen Serena, Wealth Witch, on all things wonderfully woman and witchy. So grab a cuppa and settle in for this week's Witches Tea Party. How Yay! are you, Ellen? What's going to happen this week? I'm good, gorgeous goddess. How are you going? <laughs> mm, I'm good. I have the biggest, largest cup of tea. I think it's actually um, a soup dish thing from San Francisco, but it's got a handle on it, so I call it a teacup. <laughs> I've got green tea this week. Oh, nice, um, nice. Um, how about you? Have you got your coffee again? Got no. I'm going with a lady grey today. Oh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going nice. a bit posh. Lady grey with some uh, nice milk and some sugar. Ah, <laughs> that's so good. I, is that uh, is that the same as Earl Grey? No, it's different. It's um, I can't explain it. Yeah, it's quite a nice drink actually. It's um, my mum got me onto it a few years ago. It's like a um, blue twinnings kind of brand thing, but yeah, it's called Lady Grey. So we say twinnings, darling, in England, twinnings, twinnings, <laughs> twinnings, twinnings. <laughs> it's like I used to call the river um, the Thames, the Thames, and all these British people like it's yes. the Thames. <laughs> well, you would do. That's how it's spelled, right? I know. Yeah. English language is just <laughs> fucked. Um, right, we do have. Do you have a topic that you'd like to focus on today before I pick one from the hat? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Should I just, we'll go for one? Yep, we'll go All from right. the topic on the hat. I'm going to close my eyes this week. I've had such a good week, actually. It's been a massive, another massive week. Fantastic. Um, ooh, should have prepared for this one. We've got good <laughs> books and why we love them. Oh, beautiful. I do okay. have one. Let me grab, I'm just going to go grab this book from my um, bedroom. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay, 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 right. Sorry, I had this, I have, I've had this out all week um, because I've been meaning to read it and I always go to bed too tired and never end up reading some. Um, <laughs> it's actually, I'm actually rereading it. Um, I love rereading books. It's almost like watching your favourite film again and you know the lines. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like, oh, I know this bit. This is a good bit. Um, I'd love to start, i actually like to start off with this one. I had a <laughs> little story of this week. Um, went to court for the first time. So I've been going through court with my ex for over a year. But because of COVID, it's always been over the phone. Um, this is the first time it's actually been in person. Um, and I've worked through all my kind of fear of, you know, facing this person, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. So I've just got my son here. Hey, <laughs> hey Leo. Did you say hi? Did you say hi to Ellen? Hi. Hey. hey. <laughs> um, and someone, one of the ladies supporting me said, you could be, we could end up um, waiting around all day. So I took a book with me, a good old fashioned book, rather than sitting on my phone. Um, and it needed to keep me nice and calm. So it's actually Buddhism for mothers. Oh, yeah, a calm approach to caring for your for yourself and your children by Sarah um, Naptali. I'm going to go with 
Sarah um, Naptali. It's N-A-P-T-H-A-L-I. Fantastic. Yes. Um, a friend of mine actually gave it to me from a Kuji meditation group because um, she used to run the library and she said just it really helped her. And yeah, I've got some really useful tips in there. Is it kind of a book that kind of helps you to like, cause I know as a mother in particular, being a single mother, <laughs> single mothers, um, you know, cause I find myself, I get quite, um, if I get too tired or I'm not looking after myself well enough, I can get really agitated and angry and resentful quite easily. Um, does it sort of have tips in there to kind of help keep your mind calm or how to deal with your children when they're pressing all your buttons? <laughs> so oh, sort of- absolutely. And you know, you know, the, the, the lovely thing is that there's so many stories of real Buddhist mums out there and they're all saying, sometimes I lose my shit. Sometimes I get angry and I shout at my kids. And you, it just kind of makes you go, oh, it's not just me then. Because, yeah. you know, when it happens, you just feel terrible. You just feel like, oh, my God, I'm the worst mum in the world. And when you know you're not alone um, and you go, okay, don't beat yourself up for it. Don't punish yourself. How do we move through this? How how can we change this yes. um, so it doesn't keep happening? And that's – they've got like um, – it's it's a nice because it's very easy to read it's a nice bridge between heavy buddhism theory where you're in the perfect world living in a nunnery without kids around um in the everyday (laughs) practical world of mums having three or four kids so it's really nice to kind of it kind of brings those two worlds together which i think we need absolutely oh no i was just going to say yeah because it's um it's interesting like as women, because um, obviously we talk about all things witchy and women in this, like one of the biggest things I think that we've been told as women that we have to be these, you know, perfect, have it all together, be mm-hmm. everything for everyone. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to be this kind of perfect mum, which doesn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yeah, if you've got those tools that kind of help you to kind of navigate sort of all of that, but taking that pressure off being like the perfect mum or the mum that doesn't lose her shit or is always, you know... <laughs> Buddhist or like mm. not Buddhist, I'm like Zen and perfect. It's like we're we're human and we have our good days and our bad days and and I think if you have those tools, I think like these books, which sounds great, I might get this book as well. Um, yeah, just to help you support you being a parent because I think it was like one of my one of the sayings one of my teachers taught me once. They said if you think you're enlightened, get into a relationship. And I think it should be if you think you're enlightened, go and have kids <laughs> because it's like they will, <laughs> yes. they will fucking trigger the shit out of you. Like I think about my son and he has brought the best out in me and the worst out in me and it's like and even aspects of my psyche I didn't even know existed and it's like um you know learning to and I find that they're your biggest teachers and and activators and healers (laughs) to kind of clean shit out that doesn't serve you anymore and I think yeah so taking that pressure off motherhood I know and especially I remember it's like I'm ready now like I've been to all my yoga retreats I'm awesome at meditating I'm ready for motherhood and then you go no it's like I went to a Vipassana course when I was pregnant and the lady said oh why are you doing this while you're pregnant and I said oh because you know I want a calm baby and she said oh sweetheart this will help you stay calm <laughs> yes and you know and that's the thing like I've gone from you know I'd have the luxury of sauntering that's the right word sauntering down to meditation on a Sunday morning sitting in, in silence for an hour and then go and grab a, a, a chai tea 
going well, go for a swim, ocean swim and then saunter back home. Um, and those days just aren't possible. And I remember feeling like, <laughs> what am I going to do now? Like, how do I get my meditation in? And in this book, they do say you can catch it within a second. Like if that means it's on the toilet, whether that's washing up, whether that's just, you know, in that tiny breath. And the chapters here have got um, uh, finding calm, dealing with anger. That's the first chapter I went to. Um, (laughs) Worrying about our children, creating loving relationship, living with partners in there, meditating and finding happiness um, and losing our self-image, which I think... Could be a whole new podcast topic. Topic. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, in being humble. Beautiful. <laughs> Leo wants to be on the podcast too. <laughs> we, well, yeah, this is new. So um, this is our first Friday together. So oh, like lovely. I said, we we managed to get to the gym in time, mm-hmm. and we got all the way down to the car from the crash, which is about a five minute walk. And then I went, oh, where's your little fluffy cat cat? So we <laughs> ran back up there, ran back down again. Managed to get home, get the washing on the line. Then he did a poo. And I was like, you're not going to make it back upstairs. We had emergency poo in the garden. And you just think, no, like, if it's just me on my own, I'll be sitting here half an hour early. Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. But um, those are the real, I'm getting sandwiches ready, getting everything prepared. You just, ah, oh, you cannot explain it to anybody. Like, it is like having a full-time job, working yeah. in a cafe sometimes. And people look at you like, why are you so stressed? And why you've only got one child? Yeah. You're like, yeah, and two businesses. Like, when don't ever get time for myself. Anyway, what what's your favorite books? I know you have a wealth of. Um, oh, yeah, I'm. I love books. I've got so many of them. Um, and I, one of my favorite actually is I love reading lots of romance novels, like those period romances from like the 1800s, really? the 19, early 1900s. Like, I don't know. It's like. There's some really like um, fun, just, I don't know, light reading kind of, you know, a bit raunchy every now and then. But, yeah, no, I just sometimes like, so I, I various between, you know, um, there's a sort of a lot of, yeah, various genres that I read. But I think like um, one of the things I'm also enjoying reading at the moment is a book by um, Ken Honda, who is kind of seen as like the like the, the billionaire guru in Japan. Um, but he has this really beautiful book called Happy Money, um, and I've just started reading that and I really love the concepts in that book. And at the beginning of the chapter, he talks about how he was at a party and this woman came up and said, can I look at your wallet? And he was like, sure. And he's like, I don't know where this is going. And the woman opened up his wallet and she felt his money and she said, this is happy money. And he said, oh, what do you mean by that? And she said, you can feel the energy and vibration around people's wallets and monies and their relationship and how they've made that money, whether it's been through, you know, heart-based service or if it's been through negativity. And it was just a really interesting way of looking at it. And Ken Honda talks about the emotional um, IQ of money. So he said a lot of our world is focused on the logical um ways of hard work or struggle making money but he said it's actually all about your emotional intelligence and your your energy is what creates wealth and attracts prosperity and money and so forth so he um has this really way of beautiful way of writing it so i find like if you are you know a woman because women healers spiritual teachers creatives artists we have a lot of baggage around money 
Um, so I've found that this is a really beautiful book um, by Ken Honda Money that really just changes your whole perceptive perception around it um, and really coming and into a healthy, loving um, space with creating money and wealth, especially with your soul's purpose and your gifts as well. So I find that's been a really interesting book I'm reading at the moment. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and he's really... Yeah, go on. So, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, and he's just got a really, really lovely vibration. Um, he's well, well renowned, and he's he's um, his teacher was um, I can't say his name. It's like in Japanese. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard for me to say, um, but he's well known. He's kind of known. His mentor was labelled like the Warren Buffett of Japan. And if you don't know who Warren Buffett was, he was like one of the world's biggest billionaires, big in shares and stock market, etc. Anyway, um, this Ken Honda's mentor, who's a Japanese billionaire. He actually said the most simple thing that you can do to create more money, more wealth and prosperity is to say thank you for everything every day. Mm. So when you give money, you say thank you. When you receive money, you say thank you. Um, you know, you thank the good, the bad, the ugly. You thank everything. <laughs> and um, and he said it will that will radically change your life. And so, the, and I remember reading that about probably about a month ago and I've started then every day now I make that a habit you know when I give money I say thank you and I also bless mm -hmm. and I imagine it blessing the workers their families their community um, because often at time we can you know we can feel a lot of scarcity or lack around money and giving and sharing it but it's through the giving um, that we open up the circulation so it's just like you know how can you say thank you for what you give and thank you for what you receive and, and it's so true like in both of the work that we do it's all about the gratitude like that level of appreciation to stay in that vibration yeah. um and it just attracts more to you it is it's so simple and i've heard that before um with the say thank you and say thank you and when i consciously do it you know when someone pays me and i'm like thank you like i really sincerely mean it with all my heart it's like thank you like that's energy that you're giving to me and i really deserve that so thank you thank you exactly. i know i've given you a service but you know <laughs> exactly. i really appreciate you beautiful and it's the same when you give like when you go to pay for a service as well or you pay for a product or you're shopping or anything like that it's the same yeah this it's like thank mm. you for this service thank you for you know like i think about it when i go to get fuel now i just have a moment of gratitude saying thank you to the truck drivers that delivered the fuel the people in the oil fields that mm. brought me to fuel. Like you start to open up and realize just how many people are surrounded and involved in bringing you your everyday goods and services um, and we just forget to have that moment because we're all connected energetically. So when you start to sort of send out that gratitude towards those people on an energetic level, and they've even shown this, proven this in scientific studies, is that you actually influence their energy field in a positive way, even though they're oh, on the other side of the world. <laughs> and I love this. This is this is the kind of like head fuck that I try and get get across in my videos and in um, sorry to, to the on the live feeds is. By focusing on yourself, that is for the greater good of everybody, the collective consciousness. So it is in a selfless act, um, but you have to work on yourself for that to happen. It's a real kind of people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's really selfish. It's a self-centered approach. And you're like, but it... <laughs> <laughs> you still have to explain. 
I mean, I, I know, like, I think, I don't know if you've read that one, the Buddha te- um, Buddhist teachings around the two types of selfishness, um, but I love his analogy, how he explains it. And he says there's two types of selfishness. The first type of selfishness mm-hmm. is ego-based, where it's about what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? Fuck everybody else. Like, obviously, Buddha didn't say fuck everybody else, but <laughs> that's my take on it. Um, you know, and then that comes from the ego, whereas he said the second type of selfishness yes. is when you take yourself away from the world for a time, you look after yourself you fill your cup up um you fill up your energy so then you may be of better service to other people you know so it's like being selfish there's like a healthy selfishness and then a toxic yes. selfishness um and there's one that um, i think even abraham hicks talks about it that it is a paramount to your health and well-being to be selfish <laughs> at times you know it's um because if you're not looking after yourself and and you know taking care and nourishing and nurturing and you know and you're constantly give 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 but you're not allowing yourself to receive and nurture yourself then you're going to end up burnt out so sometimes you know you've got to be a bit selfish and set healthy boundaries and just do something for you yeah and that comes back to the whole concept like we said we've gone around circles here that we are one it's like we we are part of the divine one love god source but we we feel separate and that separation is actually an illusion Oh, well, I'm going to take, take off from your romance novels. That surprised me. But um, <laughs> it's like, oh, I like that. If you looked at my Kindle right now, I've been on a spree because I found this really great author. I just I love her writing style, but her name's Tessa Dare. And she's like a in New York best time selling author in romance books. And so if you're, if you're listening to this podcast one day and you – you enjoy romance, periodic romance novels as well. Tessa Dare is a really fun read. Um, and then there's like Sophie Jordan and a couple of others. I don't know. It's just like sometimes it's nice just to read um, mindless stuff or just a fun story. <laughs> sometimes I think we can get caught up in all the serious stuff and, and forget to enjoy our reading basically. Sorry. There's a, there's, there's a drama here right now. Um, I really love... Um, have you heard of Jean M. Auel? She's a famous author. No, no. You want it bright? Yeah, so we'll just we'll just get you into toddler world right now. So he starts mm-hmm. to cry because the iPad brightness isn't very bright, and we have to just make sure that it's brighter. Um, you just My think, son does that with the volume. It's not loud enough. Of all the things that we have to worry about in the world, right now the most important thing to him is the brightness of the iPad. Is that okay? Does that satisfy you now? Oh, okay. Peace has been restored in the world. Thank goodness. The brightness settings on iPads that I never had when I was his age. Um, Right, he's settling down. Sorry, everybody. Settle down with his sandwiches now. Um, Jean M-A-U-L. So she's... She's an award winner, and one of her books is actually the first book is made into a film. Um, this has nothing to do with anything that we do, but kind of interrelates as always. Um, it's based in she's she's renowned for her depth of research into cavemen times. So wow. it's completely fictional, but the detail that she goes into how they make um, the the weapons that they use and like literally as if this is how we used to live. And I don't know how, I think I picked them up from a secondhand bookshop one day and I've just ended up with a whole series on my bookshelf. And the first, <laughs> the first film had uh, Daryl Hannah in it, who was a mermaid, mm-hmm. uh, Hannah Daryl. 
I have, I'm not, yeah, I'm hopeless when it comes to names. <laughs> she was, so she's Clan of the Cave, I think Clan of the Cave Bear is the first one. Um, it's not a very good film. The books are much, much better. Um, but I don't know why, I'm in love with the with the character. She's so headstrong. She's part, she's part of one group of, um, you know, cavemen clan. Like, because we used to have a very wide forehead and it was all based on sign language rather than verbal language. Um, and then there's these tall, thin people who are, they, they must be kind of, um, you know, Westerners um, back in those days. And also because they, in the Ice Age, they used to be able to travel across land a lot easier because we weren't separated by the tectonic plates all joined together. Um, and, yeah, so then, of course, they've got longer noses and, and a less forehead, and then they're using um, actual language. So she gets banished and she actually has a child and has to leave the child behind um, and go and live on her own. Um, and it kind of focuses on her. Because as a woman as well, you go, what would that be like to live on your own? You've got to be self-sufficient. You're not allowed to even hunt. So so luckily she did learn how to hunt. Um, and it goes into um, also the shamans, like when they would take kind of psychedelics and do a soul journey and what that would have what that would look like and then of course she meets someone else from another tribe oh and she has a tiger <laughs> a tiger cub as a pet and a wolf oh. um, and she can speak to horses so it I just it just takes me into this fantasy land of like I'm her I want to be her she's awesome <laughs> like and it's all about like energy exchange and she can't quite talk properly because everyone's got different languages but everyone's kind of drawn to her and then she's got this really gorgeous like and she's got quite detailed sex scenes that's very <laughs> amazing um and i i drift into her and out of her like i haven't picked up this book for ages i'll go through phases i used to spend hours and hours just reading um and i just don't get time anymore so it's a real shame but i love <laughs> It's like a guilty pleasure. It's like, oh, I have, I've, I should be researching rather than reading fiction. And I don't know why. I don't know why I have that attitude. Yeah, I think that sometimes we come back to it's that whole conditioning of this belief we have in society that you must be working all the time to be productive. But it's, I think it's when you take that time to, you know, just to simply enjoy a book and have pleasure from that. That in itself yeah. self restores your energy and then helps you to be more creative and. You know, that thing. It was interesting as you're talking, um, the book that's also coming through that's been a real common one that's prop cropped up a lot for me, and I know for you as well, and a lot of other women, is um, The Women Who Run With Wolves by yes, um, Chris, Christine P Pinkalata. I can never say her name either. It's like a. Sp <laughs> um, I'll put, I think that is we'll at the end of the podcast, we'll list out yeah. these books in the description box as well so people can check them out. Um, I'll put them down, actually, yeah. Yeah, but when, as you're talking about the other author with the the caveman kind of sort of thing, because I know the way that um, the woman runs with wolves, she draws on ancient like texts or stories and weaves it into how women are, you know, today the modern woman and rewilding ourselves because we've become very, I don't know, um, tight and intense and very in our masculine energy and. Um, we've just forgotten to be wild and free and just woman, <laughs> you know. Mm. And she has a really beautiful way of um, – she almost uses like poetry and stories to really just remove the layers and get to your wild, true nature because she said female humans are very similar to female wolves in how they no, nurture their young, how they protect their young, um, you know, all of that kind of primordial 
yeah, it's a very interesting book. Have you read it at all yet, Amanda? Yeah, I have. You know, the, the awful thing is it was given to me as a gift mm-hmm. and um, I found it really heavy reading because they're like fable stories mm-hmm. that then you have to interpret. And I was, it was like, Ugh. and then I actually came at this, oh, it's heartbreaking when I, when I think about it for too long. I was in such a bad headspace with a toxic partner after the birth of my son. Mm-hmm. I detoxed and I got rid of this book and um, my friend has offered to, <laughs> to rebuy it. And I feel like, no, <laughs> like um, I should somewhere down the line repurchase this book. Um because it's amazing and it helped her and she actually did therapy through this book um yeah I just had this massive purge and it's like why surely I wouldn't have thrown that book away no I keep kind of looking for it in my bookcase because there's this weird thing that happens with my bookcase it's like a mystical magical bookcase (laughs) and I'm not losing my mind um if I go and look for a book I can honestly I spend 20 minutes looking for this book I cannot find it the other day bang it was right there in front of me it's like I, I looked everywhere I looked everywhere um so it's almost like mm, have I really got rid of that book um because I'd love to pick that back up again but yeah the stories I was always trying to find the meaning in the story before it finished and then I looked at the, oh sorry yeah I was gonna say, I looked at the interpretation of it and I'm like I didn't I didn't see that and I almost felt like it was a failure I was a failure of the, of the book because oh, I couldn't no. see this, oh, no. the message in the story because yeah. i think it's like it's um one thing i found on my journey is that as you evolve in consciousness and awaken more and more and more it's like certain books that you initially found really hard to get your head around um because i found when i started my spiritual journey the divine kind of sent me certain books at the time i think it was like some osho books yes. and I was like some of these shit i was reading and i was like could not get my fucking head around what he was doing. I was like, what? And then I found when I went through some big awakenings and went into a whole new level of consciousness, when I went back to those books, it was like I could just read it so quickly and I just got it. And I'm like, oh, I get this now. Um, mm. So you might even find when you revisit, say, if you feel guided to revisit that book, Women Who Run With Wolves, you might find that parts that didn't make sense initially, suddenly you're like, oh, I get this now. And it just flows. Yes. So, and, and that's why I love, that's why it surprised me that I got rid of this book because I usually hold on to my books and like the pleasure to reread them um another author i've got a whole series is um uh i always pronounce this wrong as well but i say paolo coelho oh, um yeah. the first book the Pil- pilgrim pilgrimage yeah it's about that boy that goes on a yeah the sheep farmer or something <laughs> yeah, i just remember it being a really good story <laughs> oh the alchemist sorry yeah the, the alchemist, alchemist. Yeah. um that again is like a game changer it's like the book if you meet someone spiritual or they're just starting the journal they go and you're kind of gauging where each other's at you go have you read that book and it's like if you've read the book you're in the club <laughs> you, you understand what i'm talking about and yeah the alchemist that is a life changer and then the rest of his books i actually bought them i bought the whole series there on offer when i went traveling to spain and yeah again it's like he takes you on a journey it's not just a fictional story it's weird it's like he, he literally changes your consciousness so it's never the same again it's bizarre and then you can reread that same story and then get another clue or another insight is it the 10th insight or maybe another author the 10th insight is another one that's really really spiritual and that's been turned into a book as well yeah and okay. um, same thing it's like if you've read that book 
then you get what I, where I'm coming at. It's like, yeah. It's like, gotcha. the it's like Eckhart Tolle's books, The Power of Now and the New Earth. I found they're also powerful books to shift consciousness as well. It's like I'm, I'll never forget when I read The New Earth. I was literally just at the beginning of my spiritual awakening journey. This is probably, you know, over a decade ago now. And my mum actually gave me that book out of nowhere. She's almost like God uses my mum as my channel. Like anything the divine wants me yes. to read, he like sends it through my mum. And she like yes. she's never read any of these books, but she goes, I saw it and I knew I had to get it, but I think it's for you. <laughs> and um, I remember literally reading this the new earth and I had this massive awakening and shift of consciousness and I remember I came out of my bedroom and I went into the lounge room and there was one of those Dr. Phil shows on and there was this guy just in this drama 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 and I remember for the first time in my life I felt this incredible stillness this incredible peace and in that moment I watched this Dr. Phil show and thought that guy is completely mad in his ego <laughs> like it was this profound mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I could just see the ego like in all of us and myself and it was this incredible awakening, um, you know, and just how he simplified the teachings of Jesus and Buddha um, and just made sense. So I, I find his books are very beautiful um, gifts of consciousness. Yeah. And have you read, um, there's another series, they're called Conversations with God. Yeah. Oh, is that Neil Donald Walsh? Yes. Yes. Because yeah, I met him a few years ago at a Hay House conference and um, um. He did some really interesting talks and I always kept thinking and he talked about how he started channeling this these books mm. um, one night yeah. when he was at a very dark, dark place. And I was me I've been meaning to get those books, but I never have. So you've read them? Are they oh, I've got them, yeah. And I was reading them when I was in my early 20s. So I was very kind of, um, uh, I was open-minded, but very sceptical, like, oh, what's this then, you know, um, the critique was in there. But it just flowed. You know, the thing that stood out for me so the way he writes it, he writes it like question and answer. So it's like, what is the meaning of this? Like he's literally having a conversation. What is the meaning of this? And then you get the answer. When you read the freaking answer, you already know it. It's like, I knew that. I knew, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting um, goosebumps. You literally go, but I knew that. And it's almost, for now I can look back on it and go, I think he's talking to the God that's within all of us, which is why we can, we can resonate and go, wow, that's so beautiful. And I like, it feels like home because you go, yeah, I knew that already. But when you read it in black and white, it's so powerful. Wow. I'll have to get it. Yeah. Cause it's been popping up a fair bit and I just, yeah, it's one of those things that it keeps showing up in the universe. It's like, you're going to frigging read this. Yet? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. Um, Cause that would happen with the women of women who run with wolves book. It literally like people kept throwing this book at me or it kept coming up yeah. with all my stuff. And I was like, okay, I get the message. I got to read it. Um, <laughs> another one for us women out there, especially if you're in a witch's waking up or you want to really connect with your cycles and your magic. Um, I really highly recommend Lisa Lister's books. I think I've mentioned her previously yeah. she wrote um witch code red love your lady landscape um she's a witch in the uk i just like love her work um she writes beautifully and she just um she's all about talks about everything about wombs and pussy power and <laughs> the mm. cycles. like that's her job and it was like i think one day she's talking about when people ask you know what's your profession and she's like i just talk about pussy all day um <laughs> she just owns it um but she's an incredible healer incredible witch and i just love her authenticity and how she writes so 
yeah, highly recommend um, Lisa Lister, Witch and Code Red and Lady Landscape. Love you, Lady Landscape. Really beautiful books. I am scribbling these down as we go. Um, and that's an awesome segue. It's almost as if we're psychically linked, Ellen, um, <laughs> to my gorgeous book that I went to the bedroom for, which is Urban Tantra um, by Barbara Corellis. Now, um, a girlfriend put me on onto her when this was again way before I even studied tantra. It's like I've already known, already, already known, already, always known. Because um, our business, I called it sacred sexuality, and it's got here sacred sex for the twenty first century. Love and it. I know she's actually done a few books, and I've been dying to get my hands on them. Um, she's actually the last I've heard. She her last partner was female. Oh. So she's really, oh, and, and I, you shouldn't pass any judgment, but it's like, ooh, she's got a lady lover. Because I actually, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I had a massage client many moons ago in um, uh, Sydney. She was awesome. She, she was like the woman, have you ever met elder women, older women, and you go, I want to be you when I'm older. I honestly want to be you when I'm older. And... That's lovely, darling. And she had got married, had about three kids, mm-hmm. um, and then divorced him and became a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a partner at the time, but she had this beautiful cat. And she said, oh, Amanda, because as we got to know each other over time and I kind of opened up about my sexuality, um, she said, um, honestly, women just, they're so much better in bed. You just have the, be- the best <laughs> orgasms with another woman. <laughs> and I was like... I love you. I adore you. And she was a she was a um, uh, a speaker or a tutor. I don't know what the, the right a uh, lecturer. Sorry, she's a lecturer at university, so she was highly educated. And you know what um, came to me? I was really just scrolling down all these books that are just off the top of her head. Um, I had to just um, mention. I did a live video yesterday. I had a bit of a rant on the fact that I had discovered that connecting with other people on other chakra levels so it's not just your sacrum it's not just the sexy you know physical attraction it's not just your heart center that's pretty open you know i'm a pretty loving person i can see past most things um but intellectually that intellectual stimulation and that meeting of the mind is so so important to me and i just kind of went for it about this guy i was seeing i was like I tried to not make it about him, but I was like, if you can't even educate yourself, you, know, you don't even know what a book looks like. And I was like, I have a fucking bookcase. And if I had all my books over from England, I'd need an, a second one. Like, I, there's no excuse for it. Like, there's so much joy and pleasure that comes from education and wisdom. And now we have the internet at our fingertips. There's no excuse for bad behavior, just scrolling on Facebook, looking at crappy videos. Like, and he said to me one day, he said, oh, this is what I do. Just looking at you know, shit. And I just thought, you've just turned me off in the biggest way ever. Like, I want a geek. I want someone who can meet me with the mind. And you don't have to be super, you know, Einstein. But, you know, I, don't, I just don't understand, like, where I come from loving books, how you can not love books, you know, or find it intimidating or scary. Or if you're, in, you're nearly 50 years old, how have you not educated yourself have not pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and gone do you know what i'm going to give it a go i'm going to read a book and actually might like it and learn something <laughs> I think it starts at a young age as well like getting your kids to start reading young because i know every night now i'll read my son his books and he's gotten to the habit now of you know reading and I think they talk about the importance of especially from a young age is reading out loud to your children 
and then they develop that interest and habit because I have noticed as well like um, some people you meet if they haven't had that they've just got no interest or engagement with books you know they have their other ways and it's um yeah it's interesting it's even um just you mentioned just a moment ago Amanda about you know obviously this this ex-partner not being able to meet you on that intellectual level and it was interesting um, and not pushing the boundaries and, and moving forward because there was a woman I met once who's an, like you were saying an older woman that you think I want to be like you when I'm older mm. and um, she's this wise witch and she said to me I'll never forget it and she said Ellen I'm coming to the end of my life and there's two types of people there's those people that push um, in five areas, you know, intellectually, emotionally, education, um, physically, and then I can't remember. I never remember the fifth thing of things, but it was basically mm. in these five areas of life, if you grow and evolve through them, challenge yourself through those things, by the time you mm. get to the end of your life, you'll, you'll have a deep well of richness to draw on. Whereas she said, mm. if you don't um, push yourselves in those areas when you get to the end of your life, which is what she was seeing in a lot of her friends that kind of just settled, hadn't really grown, hadn't really done anything or changed anything. They get to the end of their lives and they have all these regrets. And I thought that was a really interesting, um, yeah, perception of things. So it's um, it's never too late to start, yeah, educating yourself, pushing the boundaries. It can be scary because I think people get scared, (laughs) but it's being uncomfortable is where our growth is. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I nearly said to you today, it's just today, in fact, um, of like, why didn't I do this sooner? Every single stage or step that I've been afraid to push through, I've always looked back and gone, oh, I should have done that sooner. Oh, I should have moved to Australia sooner. Oh, I should have done that course sooner. Oh, I should have left that guy sooner. You know, you just think, ah. And I, 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 I've personally, I've always had this, you know, urgency of, my lifetime it's like there's too many things I want to do and not enough time um and actually coming away from that headspace and saying there is enough time you know (laughs) everything will you know come to fruition at the right time divine timing right um but yeah also just that appreciation and and I like I say to people I can't wait to be an old lady and it's not that I want my life to suddenly flash forward it's the fact that that will be a real gift you know, not to die young, have a blessing and go, wow, I've had such a rich, fulfilling life. I've done all the things I've wanted to do. I have no regrets. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've done all these crazy stuff. Like, and even sometimes in bed, I lie there and go, God, I love my life. I have done so much already and I'm only 40. Like, it's awesome. And and on Facebook today, you'll hate this. I did it for a laugh. I've got this really stupid profile picture on, on at the moment just to make people laugh. And um, I put on there, I am so in love, and then a big space, and I was like, with dot, 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 because people are like, oh, who is it now? Who is it now? And I've just gone, myself, (laughs) because I feel like I'm finally at that place of, I'm just so happy and oozing love, and I don't need anyone else to reciprocate that and this is just such a good place to be and then most people will look at that and go oh here we go she's batshit crazy I don't really get what she's going from why doesn't she just settle down and find someone and it's like because I'm trying to you know poke you with a stick and make you think um you know do you really need someone if you're really not that happy and fulfilled like aren't you better off on your own and progressing and um but yeah this this um urban tantra book going back to books um, it was a real base introduction that really got me interested, not only with like practical exercises, um, 
there's one chapter that jumped out that I do on my course. It's not it's not supposed to be a selling up tool, but um, it's tantric BDSM um, and myths about BDSM because I've had <laughs> I don't know if you've found this, Ellen. When you're designing a course, it's almost like this is this is what the idea is that I want to deliver, and this is what I want to give. As soon as I sort of published and started promoting my website, there's one course that everybody seemed to be interested about. So I went, ah, so that's where I'm supposed to go then, is it? <laughs> okay. Which is, yeah, the BDSM. So it's trying to, uh, I, I like to think of trying to be a bridge. Um, and it is, it is about myth busting. But, yeah, it's like, you know, what people's preconceptions are and bringing this beautiful, holistic, wholesome, healthy Buddhist perspective um into that so that's why i've been desperately trying to reread this book and she's so easy to read um barbara corellas she's she's an awesome lady i'd love to meet her one day she's very very interesting yeah because i think that especially those things around um you know sex and sexual energy and tantra and all those sort of things it's like because it's been sexual energy has been demonized along with the goddess along with the female form and pleasure and playfulness it's kind of been labeled as this bad evil thing by you know the (laughs) the big religious whatever Um, but it's like sexual energy is one of the most powerful creative energies in this world it creates life it creates art it creates beauty and i noticed when i used to live in the middle east um, and I started waking up and I was reading a lot of tantric books and energy and how energy circulates. And it was fascinating stuff. And when I lived in the Middle East, I saw how sexual energy was so suppressed that when it becomes suppressed, it becomes perverted. And then you get things like, you know, people um, harming women and children, harming the environment, harming themselves, mm-hmm. um, dr- alcoholism, drug addiction, um, you know, and this... Um, it was like, and then the way they kind of then treated women, it was like, what the fuck? Um, and it was interesting as well because I was, a, you know, white, tall, blonde, Western woman. A lot of the time when I've gone to Middle Eastern mm. countries in Southeast Asia, they instantly assume I'm a Russian prostitute. And, you know, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the amount of times it was like, what the hell? And mum says, you know, because I've got high, big cheekbones, whatever, so they looks a bit slabby. Mm. But it was like, this is really interesting. But it was this demonization of the female form and the goddess. And so when you look at sexual energy, that's part of the divine feminine energy of our being, which is in both men and women alike. And I think when you work with that energy in a healthy way, you can birth and create incredible things. Um, whereas when we suppress it, it gets distorted and comes out in sick and toxic ways, especially like yeah, and, and things like that. Do you know what's so funny? I'm watching this Netflix series at the moment called Taboo, and it's set in old England. Oh, and, watching that. <laughs> oh, my God! Isn't it amazing? Oh, oh, my God. I know, right? Because you know why he's hot? Because he constantly keeps displaying these acts of kindness. He like He's like, buy her some flowers. You know, he's really gruff and, you know, oh, we could ask another podcast. Um, <laughs> the Tom Hardy podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh, hello. Um, but, yeah, but, again, like, it's disgusting how we used to treat each other. Like, I'm talking about slave trade and, and again, like, sex. Sex is always for sale. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, minors, you know. Uh, and then you've got the elite class who would completely exploit that and expect whatever they wanted. And it is, it's sickening. And there's one line, 
okay, come here. I don't know if you remember, um, there's a chemist that's in there. What is his name now. Oh, yeah, Trump, Trumleroy or something like that. Yeah, and um, sorry. There we go, go, go. Um, yeah, he's, oh, that's it. So um, I forgot his, uh, James, James Delaney um, walks in on the chemist banging this woman and um, he hasn't ejaculated yet. And he turns around to James and he said, you know, if a man doesn't ejaculate the semen, then it turns to poison up into his mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, ejaculate then. Has your, <laughs> has your mind turned to poison? It's like, like, is this so absurd? But you look back at the medical practices and like, you know, leeches, they used to use leeches for things and mm. the stuff they used to come up with before they were kind of, they had grave robbers, grave diggers who would, you know, have to, to try and dissect the bodies because that's the only way that they, they were allowed to do it. Um, the amount of rubbish that we, or the theories that we had in our minds, <laughs> like, you know, maybe mercury will help to cure something, you know, like what they were completely guessing. They had absolutely no idea what they were doing. All the things that they, they would cure and diagnose madness. And, um, yeah, it just highlights. I can't watch it without seeing all these other messages like, oh, look, that's our sexuality again and that's the suppression and that's the repression and um, it's not all, well, I, I assume that it comes from the pagans and the Christians and then Christianity took its roots in England and it stemmed from there. I can't, I thought, I can't, I can't just blame religion because there's no religious, there's not a lot of religious, religious connotations in the film. Yeah. But that's the basis of England is that they're all Christians. And they saw James. This is key here. Now, James, who's got, he must have inherited these empathic abilities. He uses magic. He uses ritual. He has tattoos. He's in, he's from Africa where he's learned to dance. If you look at men, African dancing, and they stomp their feet, they ground their energy. They're really in tune and connected with nature, which is seen as pagan. And he's just casted off, uh, or he's cast off as, um, Oh, what's the word they use? Like a beast, a menace, um, because he doesn't have class. The devil. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't have etiquette. And it's like, actually, it's a whole different culture and tribe that are connected and women are appreciated because they go around without bras. They don't wear bras. They don't even know what a bra is. Mm. Um, There's no, um, what's the word? Um, uh, Not just paedophilia, but... um, uh, where, you know, oh, what's the word called? I have not have stopped for words. Where it's, the system doesn't work, like there's, there's, there's abuse sexually because we're all taught to cover up and we mustn't look at things, we mustn't expose things and it goes from one extreme to the other. If we just actually have more naked... Um, and like, you know, and, and back in the Roman times, you know, they'd have orgies and, mm. I don't know, there's just... And, and actually, I love Egyptian times because they did rever the female. You look at Cleopatra; they understood her power. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of east and west. This ah, oh, it's very very interesting. 
because I think, I mean, I know the topic today is on books and stuff, but obviously we've been a bit to shows and that because I'll, I'll add to that show, <laughs> shows to watch as well is um, yes. there's one that came out recently. It's been interesting since 2017 seeing the Divine Feminine res- Resurrect and a lot of now shows are coming out about women and, and you know, the parts mm. of fe- female society that have been removed from the history books and things like that. And there was an interesting one where they went on a historical journey to see because pre-Christianity, pre-churches and all the rest of it, when they went back into archaeology, they found that a lot of tribes all over the world that had no connection with each other used to create female clay forms and their god was a, a she. And then they noticed over a specific period of time there was a I can't remember the exact date in human history, but they were talking about this specific date was they started to notice the rise of the ego and the masculine form and it started to shut out the the feminine. It started to um, basically remove her. And then the God became this big nasty dude that if you didn't do what he wanted you to do, you'd be, you know, zapped with a lightning bolt. And you can see it in all these ancient texts and in the rocks how the, the change went from the big mother, the mother God and the she, which she's both feminine and masculine, the great birther of all life, suddenly got down into just this little dude. Like it was really interesting to watch. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the show, dude. but it's on Netflix somewhere. I think it's like, um, you know, the, the, the goddesses or something like that or the, yeah, the golden goddesses or something. But yeah, oh, and, archaeologists. <laughs> yeah, and that um, if this is this is really good if you're really into this and the magic and power of the goddess. Um, this is by ah, oh, it doesn't have um, it just says knight. Oh, Gareth Knight, um, magic and the power of the goddess. So interestingly, re- written by a guy, um, magic and the power of the goddess. And it actually talks about initiation, worship, and ritual in the Western mystery tradition. Mm-hmm. And he addresses this. And also the fact that we have Christian pagans. Like, there is an overlap. It's not just one extreme or the other. And as you were just talking about, you know, on a global scale of, you know, be, coming from matriarchal to then patriarchal, mm-hmm. it almost feels like somewhere somewhere down the line that all had to happen. It was part of some grand design that we kind of had to shift in order to explore all of that in order to then come back to that in a more balanced way because really nothing is healthy if it's one if it's either one extreme or the other exactly so maybe that yeah so we're in this massively heavy feminine divine and and that was feared is like she's a woman Ah, she's got too much power yeah (laughs) and she's the dark and and they did they saw that they like mother nature had so much power let's take that back and now you know we've just gone no that's way too toxic and just on a note with nature and they're talking about the bleaching um of the great barrier reef and so many people i've known especially since i am a talk like you know um uh, uh a foreigner in this country everybody says oh you know you've been backpacking have you gone to the great barrier reef and i always say no, because I want to protect it. I don't want to go and visit it because I don't want to destroy it. And now it's on TV. This is nine years later. It's on TV and it's being bleached. It's, you know, being eroded. And we really need call to action to look after it. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, that, that comes back to the feminine principles of, look, what are they, if we're just going to just ignore it and just think it's not happening or we're actually going to 
take action and help the divine feminine and say, look, this is this is visual as to what's happening um, off this gorgeous coast. Like it's dying. The corals are literally dying. Like what are we doing? Um, yeah, so I went off, went off tangent there, <laughs> the goddess, <laughs> the goddess of Mother Nature, but I feel so strongly. And um, I was thinking about something else. Oh, because there's so much, especially in these Netflix series, about Christianity and heaven and, you know, being a good person. And and I, I, I caught myself going, you know why I'm going to go to heaven? Not that I really believe in a heaven or Valhalla or whatever it is, but um, if there is a heaven, I know I'm going there because I split up my recycling. And I make an effort to take my um, single-use plastics <laughs> to <laughs> Coles. Uh, you know, like you think, because every single action, every single moment of every single day is that um, intention of I'm helping the divine, I'm helping Mother Nature, I'm helping not pollute, I'm helping feed our little possum who sleeps up on the roof there. And um, we've now got a black cat that comes to visit us because our security cameras picked her up. We've got, we're living with all this nature on our, on our land and we go, okay, I haven't got a compost bin, but any scraps of food, I'll go and put in the garden. We've got bush turkey and um, it was, um, this uh, what's it called, like the season, so there's this big fat female that she came up, so I was deliberately feeding her. I researched what kind of food she eats and now her baby comes up to eat and it's just such a gorgeous reward of like, oh, now the baby comes here and passing that education on to my son so that the next generation can be conscious and aware. Um, because really that's what it all comes down to. All these books, all this wisdom, all the knowledge that we are trying to inspire and use ourselves are for practical, um, yeah, living. <sighs> I'll take a breather. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it just comes through, doesn't it? When you channel spirit, it's like, ooh, okay, I've got to get all that out. It's done. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So, should we wrap the the show up now today with all of that information? Awesome information. Absolutely. Uh, I've been scribbling these these books and their authors, so um, all the listeners can go and have a look. To any that they're drawn to um one more um netflix series i'm actually going to be taking notes on it because every single sentence i was like oh that's amazing <laughs> and it's called the, the principles of pleasure oh. and it's women coming out talking about sex and i'm like yes, yes isn't this so? like we were we were born in the golden age we were ready for this like we were born <laughs> so that we could be going finally we're talking about sex we're making documentaries on it we're getting sex toys out there and we're Yay. talking about the fact that women are still being brought up in societies in cultures in families mm. where oh no we don't talk about that you just yeah. say don't get pregnant and it's like and they, they don't even know what a vagina looks like we're not encouraged to even touch ourselves and look at ourselves what where's the vulva what does it do and it it's like let's bust open of this because when you're on the other side it's awesome and it's very very natural you can't get anything more natural absolutely beautiful that's that's my task for today the principles (laughs) of pleasure i've got to watch it i force myself to watch it and make notes (laughs) awesome beautiful um did you want to close with a prayer today um would you like to um i'm i'm flexible do you feel like there's something coming through that you want to say or 
No, honestly, there was such a big rush at the end there about Mother Nature, but maybe something to do with, you know, on uh, what has come through this week is honouring honouring the divine feminine within myself and within the, the goddess within all of us. Beautiful. Um, mm. Beautiful. So maybe if like we close our eyes and place your hands on your heart and then just take a deep inhale up through the nose into your beautiful heart and then exhaling out long and deep. We'll do that a couple more times and then I'll just do a closing affirmation prayer and we'll just inhale in again deeply, inhale a little bit more and then just exhaling out long and deep, just grounding into your body, into the divinity of who you are. And then one more time, just inhaling in deeply, inhaling a little bit more and then exhaling out long and deep. And just with your hands on your heart and your eyes closed, just repeat out loud or quietly in your own mind after us. I am safe. I am secure. I am supported. And I am loved unconditionally in being who I was born to be. I am safe to be me. I'm safe to share who I am with the world. I am safe to give and receive pleasure. I am safe to create wealth and well-being. And I am safe to grow, evolve and expand into new levels of consciousness. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. All is well in my world. Thank you and so it is. And then just inhaling in deeply up through the nose into your heart, inhaling a little bit more and then just exhaling out long and deep, just letting go. And we'll just do that two more times. I always do like a set of three cycles because it's like the Holy Trinity. <laughs> it's like inhaling in again deeply, inhaling a little bit more and then just exhaling out anything that no longer serves you, letting go. And then one more time, just inhaling in deeply, inhaling a little bit more and holding that for three, two, one, and then exhaling out, just letting go, letting go. And yeah, and sending love and blessings to everyone. And I hope these books and topics today, yeah, serve and inspire. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ellen. I will see Thank you next you week. Lots of love. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Bye.